episode 379 of Texing, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and the awesome Jason Roberts. Hey, Jason, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. So it sounds like you're, uh, you've had a big week. Actually, when I say pretty good, I mean in pain. My, my, my hips are hurting. They're on fire for some weird reason. And you're, 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 your hips are on fire because you you cut out alcohol and coffee, and you believe that's yeah, the cause. I do because it happens every time I try and go off coffee. That is so odd. It's like uh, so caffeine is some neurotransmission inhibitor or something. I mean, what's what's the theory here? I mean, no, my no, I don't think that caffeine is my issue. I think there's something else in coffee. There's like a, there's about five or six different substances mm-hmm. that are um, active. And I reckon that one of them, my body thinks, is um, a toxin or something. And it, like, squirrels it away in different parts of the body, possibly in my hip bones. <laughs> I mean, what what else? That's the first. Okay. <laughs> well, does it, like, does it stop eventually? I mean, when you've, when you've gone it, coffee in the past? It lasts a week and it gets really painful. It's just, it's just, it's just started flaring up now and um, I'm not looking forward to it. But anyway, long story short... Um, I posted on the texting discord super um, superhero channel um, that I, I think that what I need to do is to give up coffee and alcohol. That's my first thing. I'm basically the James clear idea of like doing single habits and then building and building and building. And I just noticed that that these, you know, the coffee and alcohol are the things that every time, you know, just trips me up. I'll go back. Okay, well, here's my question: Who's James Clear? Who's James Clear anyway? I mean, you're you're, act, you're you're speaking of him like every like like it's Bono or something. Like we're supposed to know who James Clear is. Oh, he he wrote a book. He wrote a book called Atomic Habits, um, which I didn't read, but I did read the Cliff Notes. <laughs> and the and apparently it's an extremely and the pattern good book. continues. <laughs> and the pattern continues. Boy, you you. Uh, <laughs> you're on brand again okay so um his his idea is his his main the thrust of his advice is that you have a sort of pyramid of habits or something like that and you have these sort of foundational habits that you need to get set first basically you like it it takes a month for something to become a habit like it takes like if you make something a habit you spend a month making it a habit and then you and then you put the second one on top of that, and then that you can kind of build. So it's sort of like building foundational habits. Well, what is atomic well, habits? Now I can understand alcohol being one of these foundational habits because if you're drinking alcohol and that causes you not, not only does that cause you to put on weight, but it causes you to lose your inhibition and therefore lose your discipline yeah. and everything else. Every but why time. why yeah. do you why do you throw coffee onto that? Because coffee is not. It doesn't really have a, a health, a negative health cost to it. Yeah, because it's because um, 
it's actually alcohol as well. So no, for I understand me, alcohol. I, I understand alcohol, but I'm, I'm or coffee. I think uh, al- alcohol is self-evident to anybody that. No, I'm but, telling you but, that the reason why I'm giving up coffee is because of alcohol. <laughs> because, okay. because uh, you know how I've got this strange brain. <laughs> so for whatever reason, for some reason, I've like um, connected coffee and alcohol together. And so if I do have coffee. Well, it, mm-hmm. it, it has a few different effects on me. It, it has some really just generally bad effects on me. But mm-hmm. also, if I do have a coffee, if I, if I break and have a coffee, within a few days, then I'm having alcohol. Because it, I, it's like this, ah, fuck it effect. You know, it's like... So, so you somehow... And I was thinking about this after I saw you post about it, and I expressed a little bit of skepticism about it, was that you somehow fell under the the misconception that coffee was bad for you. So if you're going to do something as bad for you, might as well do other things that are bad for you that you want to do. Well, exactly, but but it's not it's not exactly the misconception because coffee might be fine for everyone else, but it really hurts me in 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 quite a number of ways. Um so it's just it just has very bad you? effects on me. And, uh, for example, <laughs> it makes my hips <laughs> really well, no, hurt it, if it, I try and not having well, no. Well, not having it cause your cause your hips start causing. No, that's true. Having coffee, so that's that's so the opposite. Here's, here's, actually, here's the pattern. Here's the pattern. I try and give up coffee because because coffee ends up making me cloudy brained. That's that's the worst effect of coffee. It ends up well. It has two bad effects. It ends up making me cloudy brained, and um, it ends up making me go to alcohol um, because of, because of this sort of connection. And part of the reason I go to alcohol is because I'm like so cloudy brained and hurting on coffee that I'm like, oh, fine, I'll just have a drink to make me feel better, you know? So basically what will happen is I'll stop coffee, I'll go off coffee, I'm, I'll last like a month or something, and then I'll be, okay, I'll have a cup. And then I'll be fine, I'll be really clear brained, and then I'll have a cup. And then it's like, I feel amazing for a day. <laughs> one cup of coffee, one day, it really feels great. Mm-hmm. Then because I had one the, the previous day, I'll be like, all right. I might as well have one because I had one yesterday. So then I keep that up for a week. And then all of a sudden I'm back in this cloudy brain state where I just absolutely need coffee to even function. And also it makes my brain kind of cloudy too. I'm just not clear thinking. Mm-hmm. And then finally that leads to alcohol. So it's this, it's this sort of cycle, you know, it's this cycle. So that's the reason why I want to get out of coffee as well. That's weird that it makes you cloudy brained. I've never heard that from anybody. Um, because if anything, coffee usually just makes people a little more um, alert and uh, and have a an increased ability to pay attention to things. I know, it, uh, and but it does that. Like, like I just said, if I if I don't have it for a month and then I just have it for one day, then I get one day of real clarity. But okay. then if I keep keep having coffee, then I gradually get cloudy brained and just dysfunctional. Well, I mean, I guess I guess the reality is this, and this is something I've talked about before. It's like it doesn't really matter what the effects are things in the general. They matter. Uh, what what matters is the effects these things have on you as an individual, right? I mean, there's all kind of things that are totally fine for most people right. that cause other people to have allergic reactions or, or other things. So, I mean, whatever whatever the cause of it, whether it's uh, you know some kind of uh, something in your head that makes you think it's bad and so you have a, a physical manifestation of it or you have some kind of allergic reaction one way or another or who knows what it's fine but the most important thing i guess i don't is that think it's caffeine yeah. i don't think it's caffeine because yeah well i'm not saying caffeine i'm just saying there's something in coffee i don't mean to say that that's, that's because that. because for example i don't know but just just to, to answer because everyone always talks about caffeine with coffee but like i can have coke 
I could have tea, all that stuff. Everything's fine. I could have like, you know, a couple of Cokes, five Cokes, <laughs> no issue. It's the, for some reason it's the coffee, but here's the funny thing. Even, even when I do pick up, even when I just take a sip of coffee instantly, I sort of f- feel that my body feels the dread of like, oh, this new, this substance is coming in. This hmm. thing is this painful for us. It's going to cause us problems. So okay. anyway. Well, yeah. are you, um, what's harder for you? Give up a coffee or give up alcohol? Uh, the coffee. Really? How much yeah. in a regular week? How much, co- how much, how much coffee would you have? Uh, and how much alcohol would you have? Just one, like one coffee a day. And then, um, one coffee a day, just one, just like one cup of coffee. That's it. Just a morning one. Yeah. So I'm just basically not going to get cocky about this. Like I'm doing well, I'm six days into it. And I know that normally when I say these things on texting, I completely fail because I said it, but this time I think I won't because of that nice group. Um, because our, our, you know, super project superhero channel. And it's just, it's, that gives me something to, it gives me people to talk to. And like, even if I'm feeling weak, I'm going to be like, Oh guys, I'm really feeling like I need a drink or a coffee right now. So, um, you think that makes it? You think that makes a group support makes a difference to you? Yeah, yeah, definitely, it does. Yeah. Well, that does say you seem like you're 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 generally very uh, emotionally affected by the group. I think so, positively I- and negatively. It seems. <laughs> so, I might as well lean on the group. That's that's funny. Well, you know, um, I wasn't trying to be a hard ass when I laid out the odds. I just like these are the odds, you know. And why don't I think, you tell people what you said in the group? It was, as soon as I posted this, why don't you just tell people? Well, you, of, why don't you read it out? Because I don't have it here. You can find it. What um, did I say? So as soon as I said this, Jason basically said, okay, since I'm apparently the designated truth teller and big meanie, I'll lay out my odds for Justin. I'll give him a 50% chance of making it two weeks, a 25% chance of making it three weeks, a 10% chance of making it a month, a 5% chance of making it six weeks, and a 1% chance of making it to three months. Now, I've got to tell you, that really was painful to read. It was just, it was like, oh, like it really made it, made me want to have a coffee and a drink right then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, you know, well, because you've done this so many times. You're like, I'm going to have 800 calories a day. I'm going to hit you, do these things that are just, were just so like over the top, you know? And I was just like, why Why are you doing these things that are so hard to do when you have a hard time doing things that are easier to do? And just do, do build up momentum, get get some successes under your belt, you know, just like do, as opposed to like, I'm, you know, I'm going to eat nothing but plants for the next five years. I'm eating eight hours a day. I'm going to do well, hit every day. You know, it's like all that kind of, I'm I felt up- like this was a simple single thing. I, I felt like this was the simple, the simple thing that I should do. Um, to try to try and build on other things because you know what i've tried to do the the doing lots of stuff now i want to try and do the takeaway stuff let's see anyway um but yeah i i get it but all i'm saying is like as a thing to to have in the discord that's the thing that you think it's not a thing you say that's like you you should just think that not say that i just say it I mean, like, what, what are we, where are we bullshit so... each other? You know, it's like, you know, let's just be honest about what's going on here. I mean, I actually, here's what I think. I think it's actually given you more resolve because you got mad. I knew that you would think that this is all about you. You'd be like, oh, yeah, 
I've made Justin be successful by no, being so mean. It's not about me at all. I don't really give a shit. You know, honestly, I really don't. What do you do? One way or the other, it's 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 does it makes no difference to me. I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm happy for you if you succeed, but if you don't, like, you know, I know, I know. right. So, but I was just, uh, you know, it's like when when I think something sounds unrealistic or whatever i feel like it's worth saying but you know it does seem like it's had the opposite effect it has had the opposite effect you've gotten more motivated as a result of that you know it wasn't my intention i wasn't trying to manipulate you um but i could tell that caused you you got mad at first and break down but then you got some resolve as a result of that right (sighs) You don't want to admit it, but you do. You know you're more uh, resolved. I, you, you want to prove I don't me wrong. Know. I don't you want know. to prove me wrong. No, I don't. And, and I, you like Jason's an asshole, and he shouldn't be. Actually, he shouldn't be calculating odds based on my past no. behaviors. He should just be looking it, at listening to what opposite. I my aspirations. You know, it's kind of the opposite. It makes me want to. Um, it makes me want to break it just because you said it. But I also feel. I don't know. It, it's 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 a mixed bag. Maybe maybe it does motivate me in some ways, and maybe it does make me uh, want to break it in some ways. I don't know. Well, I, I think I think you got the, well I got so I, I think you got the whole team on your side. Let's prove Jason wrong. <laughs> okay. Right. Like let's. It is not really prove me wrong. I just laid out reasonable odds based on past behavior. If I'm a bookmaker, right? <laughs> if I'm an options trader and I'm making a market based on the probability distribution, uh, I was like I think these are fair odds. I think a lot of people. If if you went and you you polled people on the podcast who've listened to you for years and years, you probably nice. have a pretty reasonable one, uh, number to be on either side of it, right? That mm-hmm. that means I've I've laid out good odds. If I if I said, well, it's a ninety percent chance he's going to fail in three days, most people say, ah, he can beat that, right? Or if no, I, you true. know, right, right. So I think these are pretty reasonable. These are fair odds, you know, uh, you know, short of like taking money from a bunch of people and and getting a and building out a distribution based on that. So you know, I. Uh, you know, I'm, I wasn't trying to. Um, I can't remember what you said, but it made me feel like I said, "All right, I gotta, I gotta just." Wait, I didn't <sighs> say anything. I didn't respond to it. No, you initially said. I, I, but what made me want to write that down to, to the start? I guess. I would guess. I guess it was just because it was like I'm giving up coffee and alcohol, and I'm gonna get up at four in the morning, and I'm gonna do a thousand push-ups, <laughs> and I'm gonna read two books a, a day, and I'm gonna. Write a letter of gratitude to the world every day. At you know, like okay, <laughs> like that's not gonna work. <laughs> okay, I've I've pinned your prediction message. Okay. Pinned your prediction message. Let's see. Let's see where it goes. Good. Well, I get you know. Look, I mean, here, here's here's the thing. It, when I say I don't care, I mean it's it's one of these things. Like I'd like you to succeed, but if you don't, I mean it's not. It's like I'm not. You don't. You're you're not going to be like Georgie who like puts her whole heart into a project when i put do a project she puts her whole heart into it and then when i when i fail it's like it's a pain for her like you're not you're not getting I'm that not, i'm not i'm vo- not emotionally i'm not yeah. mo- emotionally invested got it, got into it. this this is just well, i guess we'll see what happens you know you well know, how's your how's your superhero doing well let's see so i i took like um i took sort of a week off because i was up in the Weekend before last, I was up in Oregon, helping Colby move back. And then last weekend, I was up at Palo Alto with Col- with Airely because she was at a gymnastics camp there at Stanford. And so, you know, I was taking off on like a Thursday. And so it was like I only had like a few days to work out stuff. So it's been sort of like work out as much as I can on the days in the back. 
But when I'm, but when I'm away from home, I don't, I don't, I don't worry about it. I'm not like, well, just give me five egg whites and I'll have a <laughs> piece of toast at lunch. I just say, screw it. I just eat normally. And um, usually what happens is, um, you know, you do that, you'll, you, you'll be, you won't gain, I won't, or I won't gain weight. I, I, it's just sort of like a even keel. And this week is turning out to be that, or la, la, I, I worked out hard this week, but this, this next week is kind of a thing because we got 4th of July tomorrow. Yeah. And then on Wednesday, um, we're going to be traveling again to- Wait, 4th um, of July is, is, it's the 3rd of July tomorrow. It's 3rd of July. Oh, tomorrow, all right. 4th of July on Tuesday. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then on, um, and then we're going to, uh, uh, we're going to visit later in the week. We're going to visit, uh, grandparents and take an early to another gymnastics camp in Utah and stuff. So it's kind of, the week's going to be kind of shot. So I get a couple of days of workout. I get one, I get like what Monday <laughs> to work out, you know? So, uh, I'll just do like a, you know, super hard lifting day and do some cardio and be like, all right, well, but do, when you do a super hard lifting day, do you know how to control it that you don't push it too hard that you're going to slap a tendon again? Well, yeah, I mean, I've never ever snapped a tendon, but um, well, you know what I mean. Just like put put yourself out, back yeah, out, or whatever. What, what I'm what I'm doing is, I mean, I say super hard. I mean, I just would just get all my lifting full body workout. Right? Okay. I just lift cover everything. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to be smart. I'm trying not to like. I'm trying to do in the higher rep range. I'm I'm not doing things that tend to cause problems. You know, tend things aggravate. My tendon and my elbows, tendons, my elbow tendons, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm trying to be smart, and I've thus far I've been successful. So we are um, seeing some some people with some good good stats in the in the Project Superhero channel. People are posting their stats and their charts, and they are going down, and they're really following it through. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, like I said on the, uh, you know, I've t- on a couple of previous shows, I kind of hit a wall at just 200 pounds to under 200. So I lost about 15, close to 15 pounds and three inches off my waist. And despite working out even harder, like not only doing all the 500 plus calories of, of cardio, interval cardio workout work, but doing, but lifting, I like to just stop my weight loss completely stalled. Hmm. And I mean, my diet, I mean, I ate the exact like same stuff. So, um, after I get, after next week, then I might have to kind of experiment with cutting my diet even further, which I didn't have to do in the past, but I don't know, maybe I'm going to have to do that. Maybe because you're older, you know, but it's just, it's just uh physics. So I'm not really understand, you know, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of sort of, you know, make believe crap that people talk about with, with stuff like age and, you know, but the reality is like, oh, your metabolism slows down. Metabolism actually does not slow down as you get older. People just move less. Hmm. Like that's just, there's just so much bullshit in with this stuff. They have less the muscle mass, you know, can be part of it. You know, but when you get much older, I mean, 50s is, is you know, you haven't really lost much muscle then, but by the time you get in your mid 70s or 80s, of course, it's a big difference. But typically people are just moving less. They're just be less active, right? So if you're, um, you know, you're not like that much active, but if you're, if you burn 300 less calories a day, just because of less activity or 200 calories, and maybe over time you're eating just a hundred calories more a day, which is like nothing, then, you know, you're putting on 
you could be putting on a pound a week or half a pound Did a week. Did you get those uh, supplements? The zinc, carnosis, you know, I haven't. I, I, you know, I've been, I've been meaning to. I haven't done that yet. So I have. It's, so, so there have been no changes that you can say. Oh well, you're you're taking creatine, Jason. That holds water. There's nothing. There's no. There's nothing I can blame it on. There's not like been additional stress where I'm staying up all night or, I don't know. It's really weird. Well, for the record, I did get those things. I've been I've been on them for like three days. So we'll see. Um, well, I'll just keep taking them and see what happens. See if. But um, one thing, my weight was um, 223, uh, like a couple of days after. But I weighed myself this morning, it was 220.2. So I'm pretty much just sort of hovering around that same area that I've been for the last, you know, three three or four shows. Well, what have you done for work? What are you doing? No, for I mean, I ha- I'm like, I'm just focused on, uh, right now, I'm just focused on the, the coffee stuff. And then I'm just, I'm continuing the walk. Because that's the previous habit that I have, that every, the daily walk, so. Yeah, so that's not going to yeah. work, right? So you're going to have to do more than that. I think. There's going to be more, yeah, exactly. Right. What about what are you doing diet wise? I'm, um, I'm doing. Or are you not doing? Or are you just? No, I'm. I'm. You know what? I signed up to this service um, that I've been really enjoying, which is like a vegan service. Um, well, actually, it, it, it's not. It, it's it's just a kind of organic service, but it's called Thistle, and um, I get like four meals from them a week. And then um, the rest of it, I just I just try and gauge, you know, to eat well. But I'm I'm not eating shit, basically. What happened? You know, there obviously there have been years that you were trying to be a vegan, but then you just kind of seem like you go on and off it. What's what's the status with that? You're not vegan. You are vegan. You're an aspirational I'm, vegan. No, I'm a I'm a I'm a flexitarian. That that what, what like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like i i sort of i i, I want to try and have 80 percent plants basically that's what i go for my goal but i'm not particularly good at it <laughs> so you're just like a normal person who, I'm a normal who person admires who vegans aspi- you yes. drive by a vegan restaurant you admire the people sitting in there eating yeah okay plant-based it's, I, yeah I, I, why do you I call bet- it plant-based instead of vegan What's i guess the- plant-based just sounds better than vegan doesn't it why? Why does that sound different to you? I don't know. Vegan just has the has the um, the audio aesthetic of like angry people because I think I think vegans are angry because they can't eat everything else. <laughs> um. Anyway, look. Let, let's let's move on. Let's move on to All other right. stuff. All right. Well, I, I want to hear about list because you've you've made um a big you made it seems like you're making good progress. Mm. What 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 have you seen? Well, I mean, you know, I, I posted up a couple of I'm demos. On the, I'm on Discord, you know. I saw the, you know, that you did the dark mode, which I thought looked really nice. You've been working on what? You saw the collapse stuff, collapsible stuff, which was cute. And then you did the um, search, search, which you know, Boyder is a search guy, and he, you were kind of back and forth with him. He was giving mm-hmm. you some recommendations about what you should or shouldn't do. Yeah, and uh, he gave the thumbs up what he saw, which I don't know. Why don't you explain a little bit what you did? Yeah, well, um, well, so the dark mode, I think I'd already done that uh, for the last show. But then the next thing I was going to do, because uh, I had the big plan, which was to um, make the nodes collapsible so that you could uh, just work in that way. Um, because a big part of the reason why I built it in the first place is I wanted I wanted the ability for it to act like a mind, a mind map tool so you could just really move in and out of big chunks of hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Anyway, that's done now, uh, except for a couple of bugs. 
Um, then the next piece was to make it searchable, um, then make it styleable, then draggable, then shareable, and then rebrand it. So I'm on the make it searchable phase right now. And um, I'm using a fuzzy match library. I can't remember the one. I've tried a couple of them, but anyway, this one's pretty cool. We'll link to it in the show notes. And um, it's it's like on my on my so it's it's like Sublime. You know how when you open up the file search on Sublime, and then you just sort of type. You or do you do you use Sublime? What do you use? Do you use VS Code? Yeah, VS Code. Uh, you use Sublime? Oh uh, no, I don't use Sublime, but um, yeah. it's like that. So you you know the command P. Do you use command P to look for files? No. Okay. A lot of developers do. Um, it's a very commonly uh, known thing. You do the command P and then you get this search prompt and you just type in and you can get straight to any file. So do you always navigate through the left-hand side? Typically, yeah. Unless I'm, yeah. yeah. If I'm looking for a specific file, I typically navigate, yeah. yeah. Which in retrospect, now I think about it, given how many damn files I have, it would probably be faster to type it in. But, it yeah. is. So that's just command P. And then you'll see you'll see what I'm talking about the next mm-hmm. time you try that with mm-hmm. a command P. And so basically it's searching through um on my system, I've got four and a half, four and a half thousand nodes. And it is like searching through them like instantly. Like you saw the you saw the demo, like as you're searching for stuff. So it's gonna be very powerful, very good, I think. Um so I just need to do so I've actually got it working where it's kind of able to search through all the nodes it's indexed it's it's just doing really nicely but the pieces that i need to fix are you know how like when you get it uh, you do a search and then you get the results then you press the down arrow and it'll like highlight yeah and then up and down and then you hit return so it's like that that last piece that i need to plug into it another thing that i was thinking was as you as you arrow up and down the results the the whole system is so fast i could actually show the entire page behind behind that result pop up so it's like you could press down, 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 and you could see the entire page. Kind of That'd like a preview. Cool. That would be kind cool. of like a preview, but actually the page. No, <laughs> oh, it's be really cool. I would do that. If you could do that and it's not a big um big cost of some kind, that would be really cool. Yeah. So there's that. And then once I finish that, then I'll be getting into the the styling stuff, which is gonna be a little bit of effort because um that's where I need to make the you know, the nodes, not just text. But um Generally speaking, what I wanted to say to you, one thing about, about NitroNote. A, a few people have used List and have looked at List. And I, I don't think that people get how good this thing is going to be when it's done. Because it's just so, it's just been building. I've just been building such a basic stuff. <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. like the game engine, like the underlying game engine. If you could equate it to games, it's like, okay, it's just the 3D stuff. But there's no assets. There's no, there's no things to make a game yet. <laughs> so that's what i'm building now is like i'm building the stuff you know the styling is pretty easy to put on top of it like actually if you think about it you know it's just like you know an h1 tag and then style the h1 tag so just wrap that around a node but once i start adding so much more stuff it's going to be very cool i'm going to have statistics i'm going to have like task um alerts all that kind of stuff it's going to be it's so funny you say that because colby said the same thing to me like yesterday or day before yesterday, talking about his game. Interesting. He, it was, I mean, which is, and it literally he, is a game. Yeah, it literally is a game. But he said, he said, and we'll get, we can get into his thing in a minute. Um, he said, yeah, I've I, now that I've got sort of the, I can't really use platform or foundation or like, well, now that that's all working and takes now I can now adding on all of these different uh, game mechanics and 
assets. He didn't use the word ass, but like, you know, like, uh, you know, types of ships and colonies and, you know, it's like everything's just falling into place very quickly. Um, so well, I don't want to jump into his yet because I'm going to talk a little more about Mitro, but it's just, it was just so funny because I was like, I've heard this. I literally was having like deja vu. I was like, wait a minute. This is weird. Um, well, no, it's true because like you, you built, you like, that's, that's the price you pay for, for not using libraries, mm-hmm. you know, like, so you can't just start making, adding juice. You know what juicing means in uh, games? No. Yeah. So, so they, they say, they say that it's like a terminology for games. Like when you add juice, that's when you kind of make it sparkly, when you make it do cool things, when you put mm-hmm. the characters on there and they're sort of shimmering or mm. doing fun things. So you, you could, you know, if, if you're using unity or something, <laughs> you know, you're just like, you can get up and running pretty quick and start adding juice and making it be some kind of game. Mm-hmm. But without a library, it's like, all right. Got a lot of work ju- to do first, a lot of infrastructure and <laughs> a lot of infrastructure. And, um, but yeah, but then once you once you have built everything yourself and you have complete mastery over every aspect of it, then it's kind of then it's like the the sky's the limit, right? And what you can do. And a lot of times, it, these frameworks get you up and going. You know, we, I mean, this is an old conversation, so we don't have to really get into it. But yeah. You get up and going quickly, but you run into limitations later. And the limitations are, it, you know, they're just different sets of assumptions that the game developer, game library developers had or just doesn't do that the right way or whatever. And now it becomes more and more frustrating. That's that's the cost. But when, when people have been demoing it, it seems so basic, like what the fuck is this? This is, this is just like a, a like a notepad. I mean, mm-hmm. this is the same as Mac text edit, <laughs> you know, right. it, like it mm-hmm. just, they just don't, it's just hard to see the path. Like you, I think you just have to be in my brain to sort of have this future vision and understand that this can be something very cool. Um, well, that's right. Well, you have, that's right. When well, that's the, with every entrepreneur, every creative has a vision and the, your vision is, is some, and sometimes it's hard to really transmit to communicate yeah. effectively to other people because they're like, well, I'm not seeing that. I'm seeing a text, a very boring text editor. And you're like, yeah, yeah, but it's just the start. And and that's why you have to sustain yourself for a while because they're just going to, you're not going to get a lot of uh, enthusiasm or support from uh, other people. All right. Well, one thing, one, uh, one thing that I did want to mention is I uh, had a look in your list and I noticed that you were doing this thing where you were like trying to create space between uh between sections uh-huh. and so you hit you'd hit return so there was like all these checkboxes down the page but then there was checkboxes with a space mm-hmm. and i was like oh i could that's so annoying <laughs> so what i did was i added a function that basically if you if you hit return and then the previous checkbox is empty it just turns it back into just a blank line right so you'll see that you know as you use it it'll start it'll start to make a bit more sense because <laughs> you because you want to add space between things right yeah well, i mean I'm probably not using it and I'm not using it in a very structured way because I, I just have like most things just on one on one uh, screen mm. just because I didn't want to take the time of moving stuff around and creating subfolders. I'm just like, oh, fuck it. You know, like just here's all the stuff. It's like I could kind of rearrange and pull stuff up that I want to do like today or tomorrow, like in the near term versus stuff that I'll do at some point, you know, and that's kind of how. That's that's kind of there's the stuff that I'm doing right now. There's stuff that I want to do soon, and there's like everything else. Yeah. So 
so I'm I'm because I'm I'm thinking about you as well, like as I sort of build it out, and I think that you're gonna like the styling pieces and and the ability to make it just look more mm-hmm. ordered and controlled. <laughs> um, okay, final thing, I I did a little um, updates thing so that when I so that when I push updates, um, you can click on the version number and then it'll open an updates page and show you the updates. So if anyone wants to go to trylist.io forward slash updates, they will see the uh, updates that I've been pushing to it. Well, I have one question though. You you you, you said you have some li- fuzzy search library. Is this like PHP library or JavaScript library that's running client-side? I mean, how is this thing running? Where is it running? Oh, everything's client-side. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this the entire the entire product's client-side like the 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 back end is just 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 a dumb data storage. Okay. Yeah. Like so basically what happens is um it it's I mean for now until we until I move into collaboration for now it's it does this thing called node sweep so it it sort of sweeps the nodes that have been updated and then just dumps them to the back end. Right. So well, that's you know that's something that you can think about because if 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 all if you do things in a certain way and then the collaboration stuff everything has to work completely differently and now it's this gigantic enormous problem so just be careful that you don't paint yourself into a corner. No, it's not going to be. It's it's. I don't think it. I mean, it it is going to be an enormous problem. I mean, it already is an enormous problem, but not because of that. Okay, <laughs> it's an enormous problem because of the C CRDT stuff. Right. Like you know, it's just just the the synchronization stuff. But that's something that I will work. I, I will get to when I get to, and the um the change set stuff already has paved the way for that. Like, okay. there's nothing new that I could. I could do to make it any easier. Okay. So where yeah. are you emotionally with the project? Um, cause you go through phases with, with extreme madness to just sort of, um, I don't know, despair, disinterest to disinterest to, you know, you kind of go all over the place. So where are you? I think I'm now? in a good, I think I'm in a really good space with it right now. Mentally. Um, I, <laughs> It's funny you should say that because I was looking at like there was uh, Doug Martin uh, pointed me to a thing that was on Hacker News about a new open source uh, block model thing. And that that was like that was making me feel a little bit freaked out because like they were doing this open source way of doing um, Mm -hmm. building a notion or something like that. But then I realized, uh, no, actually, I feel really good about what I'm doing because it is it isn't the same as what they're doing. And essentially, the direction that I'm going in is it's going to be just it's going to be its own unique thing. It's going to be its own unique thing, and it's going to be cool as hell. Okay. I mean, you're going to get there, and like by the time I'm done, even just starting to use this thing is going to be a game. Like it's mm-hmm. it's going to be an onboarding game where you you earn points for knowing how to use it. So it's going to like test you move move a node up here, and then you're going to get ten points, and then it's going to have juice, and it's going to go, yeah, you did it. Mm, okay. And so you know, there's going to be that. And then it's going to have like nodes that can go on fire. <laughs> it's going to, it's going to be just cool. Gamified, uh, note taking gamified list. It's, it's game fun, but that's not going to be the set, the central point of it, but that's just going to be the fun point of it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, like, well, I love how like Elon Musk does that. He has such a playful attitude, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and, I have a question. I mean, is it like, you know, George is working on a book right now. So yeah. at a certain point she's going to be done and she's and and there's going to be sort of uh, pressure to jump back on play strong. So do mm. you have like you know 2 months, 6 months? At what point is it do you have where you think you're going to have to switch gears? So we, you know what's your window? It's absolute play? minimum of 3 months. Mm-hmm. Um 
and the probably maximum of six months. Okay, so okay, all right. So we're talking end of summer to New Year. You have so that's yeah, a lot exactly. of times. So you can get a lot done, assuming you don't get distracted by something else, or you know, <laughs> yeah. Right. Which is which is a very serious threat with me, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Oh, actually, okay. There, there, this there's this one last thing that I was going to talk to you about. Um, no, you know what? I do, it, it's not even relevant because because I saw I saw this um, domain name which was available nitro.so nitro.so because mm-hmm. you had said nitro was a good name, but actually when I think about it, I think nitro note is better because nitro. First of all, it costs five grand for that domain name. Mm-hmm. And second of all, when I when I Google just Nitro, it is kind of confusing unless it has a thing because there's a few different people trying to be Nitro. I see. You know, there's like a Nitro PDF, but they call themselves Nitro. Mm-hmm. So it probably would be better to be differentiated and just be Nitro Note. Okay. So I won't go there. So you want to... Um... Well, real quick, take it, take it a second. So I asked Colby to post an update on his game. Yeah. Um, I think, so uh, I can't remember. The, Woolwit is the the username yeah. handle for or handle for one of our texting listeners. And he said, hey, I'd like a Colby update. And so I said, all right, sure. And then I asked Colby to post a, um, an update on the game because he, just this past week, he decided to get back. He, 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 he well, he, he got back from school two weeks ago and he said, well, I want to take a week off and just play video games, which is totally fine. And then he's like, next week I'm going to get started on my game. So, okay. So he got, he started really, you know, working on it, you know, full time this week. And so this is a good time to do an update, but um, he posted this update. You see under his game thing. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. So I don't know what you want to summarize it real quick for our listeners. It sounds like he, um, during college, um, he didn't get much of a chance uh, to do, over the school year he hasn't had much of a chance to work on it but he since he's come home he's um been doing some stuff and um this last week uh he's been working on large large game modes adding planets colonies economics um he's finished the planets and colonies aspect uh, which there's a screenshot of here in the discord and he's planning on working on economics next now i'm not too familiar with the innards of the right. game so it looks so pretty good sure. though doesn't it yeah, those I like the screenshots. Design, yeah. 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 I, I was, I was, uh, I've been, I've been, um, I've been pleasantly surprised with his design ability or his his aesthetic sense because as an eighteen year old knucklehead kid, you know, I would expect it to just like really bad, <laughs> you know. And then, uh, he, you know, I'm like, I, you know, actually, this is this is pretty, this is okay, you know. He's keeping it simple, but. Um, yeah, I think it looks, you know, for a, you know, non, for having sort of not having like custom designs, ships and things like that. It looks pretty clean. So, um, yeah, I was looking at it. So, you know, to, to remind everybody. So Colby started working on a last summer, started working on a turn based strategy game. What's known as a 4X game, which is a, an explore experience. Wait, explore, expand, exploit, exterminate. Um, and he's taking some ideas from games like Space Empires, but he's also taking um, a few notes from what, Polytopia, Battle for Polytopia, which is a, a, a hand, a, a sort of a, a game you can run on your computer or your smartphone, which is a turn-based sort of more of a medieval times kind of thing that got that's gotten really popular and um 
I decided I'd, I offered to him, I said, I'll be your, I'll be like your Y Combinator investor, you know, and, you know, you, uh, you can work on this. I'll take a small piece, you know, that kind of a thing. And uh, my investment is I'm just like, rather than to think here's $30,000 or something like that, or here's $50,000 or anything of that, I said, I'll just pay you $20 an hour to work on it. Right. Which will be a lot less than that, which means he doesn't have to get a job, but he can he can work on the on this project. And, um, you know, and I, and I just last summer, I mean, the amount that he learned was incredible. I mean, because he had to do everything from scratch. I said no libraries, build a sync from scratch, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, Node, MySQL, home on EC2, build everything from scratch. Because I because I said, you know, in my mind, I thought, OK, look, if it would increase the odds of success to some degree if he used some libraries, but it would be much less of a learning, yeah. you know, situation. Be much more of a just I'm developing a game on top of some platform, and I learn how yeah, to use their assets. Exactly. And it's like you know, screw that. Like I want him to learn how to use, um, to build a multiplayer online real time game. You know, effectively on time game, yeah, real time game using web sockets and how to you know really get good with writing database queries and working with a relational database and using node and then really get good with CSS and JavaScript on the client side. And so he has, and it's a, it's a fairly large code base now. So, and it's very, it's very sophisticated. So if you looked at it, I think most people would look at that and be like, I'd hire him as a junior developer right now. Like if you had some kid who's like 22 right out of college and they're building this, you'd be like, yeah, done like mm -hmm. he can refactor i mean the code is clean it's well structured there's i mean there's a lot of classes and interactions and a lot of functionality and things are just laid out and, and refactored and clean um both on the server side and client would side. he would he share that um would he make it like op an open repository and share that so that they could get so that a prospective employer could go in and have a look at it i guess but at some point but he's not looking for a job now, so I don't yeah. know if he's. I mean, he. I, you know, I had. I had, we were at lunch a couple of days ago. I said, "Look, you know, the failure case for this is that is it a, is a, is it a really really good learning opportunity? You're going to learn more about coding and developing professional writing professional level code, delivering a project, doing this, and you're going to get in your computer science education." Hmm. Yeah, you know, and so me spending, and I didn't say this part, but me spending, you know, whatever, ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars over the next few or a couple summers on this or whatever is a pittance compared to how much I have to pay for university. But these <laughs> are the kind of these are the real skills. This is way more than you would learn in some twenty thousand dollar, twenty five thousand dollar year, you know, ten week boot camp or something. How how is his um, computer stuff? I mean, how is his general university experience going? Yeah. Okay. So I'll get to that one sec. But so, um, but one thing I said to him is about this when we're having lunch, I said, look, the failure case is that you develop a lot of skills and this will really help um, jumpstart a career in technology. I was like, but that's the failure case. Let's not make it the failure case. The, the winning right. case, the success case is you can make enough money off this. So you don't have to get a job. Hmm. And That'd I be nice. and I said, you know how I said, you know how to make this thing a success? He's what? And I said, make it a success. <laughs> make it a success. Make it work. You know, it's just it's just, you know, failure is not an option. Fucking make it work. 
don't give up. You do not give up. You keep pushing. You keep innovating. You talk to customers. You know, you stay focused. You grind. You know, and if it's and if it's something that you have ability and talent for, which he does, and it's something and it's an, it's a project that you're really excited about, then you shouldn't have much of a problem grinding on it. And and I've created a, a situation here where he doesn't you have to be where he can spend a summer working on it as opposed to going and doing something else. He really <clears throat> to do what you just described. He's going to need to create a discord and he's going to need to get those first users in and he's going to need to be talking to them a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, I've had a big, I, I've kind of had a conversation with him about it, uh, today about the importance of communication, developing his communication skills about, I said, look, you know, being successful in life as an entrepreneur, but even in business or whatever, it's, it's not just about being technically skilled. That's a necessary, but not sufficient condition. I said, you have to be able to communicate and more importantly, persuade. You have to inspire other people. You have to get other people to get excited about what you're doing and to believe you are going to make it happen. And those are absolutely critical skills. And a lot of a lot of technologists, or most technologists, just don't have those things. They have the ability. They know a lot about technology, and they can write code, and they may even have some good ideas. But they they just can't inspire other people. They can't get other people excited about stuff. They just not. They just don't have it. They didn't ever develop those skills. So- so he he can develop those skills um, through like Reddit or whatever, like where they have communities around that people are obsessed with that game. And he can say, I'm developing this software. Come and check it out and then bring them into his Discord and then keep That's talking right. to them. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I was just really talking about, I said, I want you to post something on, Dis- on Discord just, you know, today. Like, yeah. you know, when you're speaking to adults, you have to write complete sentences, you know, like just like, let's just, you know, but post regularly, right? Like, let's just get something like at least once a week, post an update on what I said. He's like, what do I write about? I'm like, what you've done, what you're doing, what you're going to do and why it's cool and why you're excited about it. Just there. And then other than that, just think about if you were interested in this project, but you didn't really know about that much about it. What questions would you be asking? Like, well, what what's an economic phase or what's, you know, what, you know, they just don't know. Right. So. So it's kind of like a stand-up. Yeah, you know, I mean, a weekly. Yeah, just like here's what I'm doing. You know, here's what, and I, I, and and of course, in later you can have like a regular a blog or any other kind of a thing. But, um, you know, he's. I mean, right now he still needs to spend a little more time just working on the project. But as it gets a little, but and I think he can just post to our Discord and he can get. You know, yeah. I said, look, if you want these guys to help play test it, you need to get them. You need to engage with them. You need to get them excited about what you're doing. We're in similar phases. Me and Colby mm-hmm. with the, with our projects, mm-hmm. we sort of you know we're coming to the point where we've got the kind of game engine built. Now we need to make it this you know to juice it, make it enjoyable, because mm-hmm. because that, that's the thing that like, it needs to be enjoyable. That's right. It needs to be enjoyable. Same same for Nitro Night. Yeah. Well, and I said to him we were driving, so we used to have these conversations. We go to lunch every day together, and so that's when we do a lot of of deep conversations about the project and things. And I said, um. You know, like it's at any point at some point later, we can you can hire an illustrator and designer to work on to kind of custom designs and and custom animations. I was like, but those things are not going to make a game that's not fun fun. Mm. It has to be fun without that stuff. So 
don't worry about that stuff. That'll just, you know, the juicing, as you're calling it, is, is let's leave that for later. It's expensive. It's distracting. It's time consuming. Just keep it clean. You know, when he's, he's, he has worn enough, I could see design skills to just create something that's fine and playable. And as it then, you know, once, once you get all that done and, and the game really starts to take shape, then, you know, we spend a little bit of money on some on design. But, um, yeah, it's funny. So we have all these conversations. So it's really interesting to think like he's just 18 years old, right? I mean, he's just a he's just a kid. Yeah. I mean, I, when I was yeah, his totally. age, I was just I just finished high school. I wasn't even in college yet. So and I couldn't code. I mean, compared to other kids, I was a great coder. I spent the I spent the previous summer coding for an engineering firm. So, but I mean, I I couldn't compare to what he's he's able to do. I mean, I could write a simple, you know, I could write no no no. But so this is like ridiculous in terms of like a learn how to be a professional developer um but now it's going to be learn how to build a company be a business be a business builder yeah. yes create create a product create yeah. a which is create a community the best education i mean jesus yeah. christ you know it's like but it's like you know yeah i mean these are the kind of skills that that um you know are hard to learn you know, you learn over a longer period of time that uh, that are extremely valuable, um, and it can create your all kind of opportunity. Whether or not you know, and I, you know, it's like I, you know, I don't want them to be an entrepreneur because I, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm like, you do whatever you want to do, but these skills will work in the context if you work for a small company or a big company or work for yourself. You're somebody who can conceptualize a project, get it off the ground, build it, communicate with people, take in. I mean, this is. That works wherever you are. These are really important skills that allow you to really be successful. But, you know, I know he would be extremely happy if he got this thing, was able to monetize it. And he's like, yeah, I don't have to get a job, right? I mean, that would be ridiculous. Yeah. So, How many um, years does he have left at college? Three. So he just, just finished his freshman year. So, so I mean, let's, he let's, hear, let's hear about that. Okay, so... Um, Right. So uh, let's see. He So he went in with the idea of majoring in computer science. And he told me, um, you know, when he was going off to college, he's like, you know, dad, I'm, 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 I'm done with math. I've done enough math. You know, I'm, you know, and I was like, that's fine. I was like, I don't, you know, I know, no, no skin off my back. I just wanted to give you a strong foundation in math so that you so all doors would be open to you because for people who do not have a strong foundation of math, a lot of doors are closed and they're slammed shut. They're locked shut. So, but then, and then one of the things, and you know, I, I'd communicated with the advisors for the CS and math department. It was a lot, which allowed him to start with sophomore and junior level math and computer science courses, um, yeah. which was, which was great. And, um, he's shooting to do his combined bachelor's and master's degree in computer science in four years. Usually it's a combined, if you're advanced enough, you can do it in five years, but he's so advanced that he can actually do both in four years. And what are the two things? An undergraduate degree and a master's or graduate degree. Do you know the difference? Are you familiar no, with that? No, not really. Okay. Not really. So an undergraduate degree in America and, and the, the, the Europe, it's sometimes a little different. I'm not sure of the UK. I think UK is four years, but sometimes in Europe, it's like three years, but it's four years. It's a standard undergraduate four-year degree. They call it a bachelor's degree, either BA or. Oh yeah. BA, yeah. yeah. Okay. Typically after you finish your bachelor's degree, you can go on and get a master's degree 
or you could go on to get a PhD. Now, a master's degree is like a halfway point kind of for your PhD. PhD is typically mm. five years, sometimes between four and seven years. You know, if you want to go, I want to be a physicist, I want to be a mathematician. It's like, okay, you know, ballpark five years of graduate study. And what happens is you take classes for like a year or two, and then you have to take these sort of qualifying exams. Depend some Not all majors, math you do, and some physics, I think. But you have to take some qualifying exams after one or two years of, of, of graduate coursework, which is like much more advanced coursework than the undergraduate. It builds on top of the, under, of the undergraduate work, right? Yeah. And then after that, if you once you pass those qualifiers, sometimes people take multiple times, then you get to go on into PhD, the, the research phase of your PhD. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. But uh, a lot of people pull up short there after they get there, after they finish their qualifiers, they're like, you know what? I don't want to spend three or four year years in grad school doing this PhD. I'll just take a, I'll just take my master's degree and peace out. Right um, now, PhDs are really only necessary if you're planning on going and working at, and doing research because that's what they're teaching you. They're teaching you how to do original research. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, taking you know another three to f- six years sitting in a university working on this stuff and not in the workforce, not making hardly any money is not always a, uh, a great, uh, great thing for people to do. A lot of people get really frustrated and disillusioned and they leave academia for a lot of reasons. Anyway, the master's degree is sometimes people go in with the intent of getting a master's degree for, you know, getting two years and they pay for it. Some people get, go into a PhD program, which is usually paid for in a combination with research fellowships and teaching, you do some teaching classes, you know, whatever. But then after two or three years, they just say, yeah, I'm just gonna take my master's degree and go into the workforce. Does that make sense? Yeah, and and do they think he can do that? Um, well, the uh, the 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 advisor for the the undergraduate advisor for the computer science department said thinks he yeah he could absolutely do the do the combined computer science undergrad bachelor's master's but and also to get it done in four years. In fact, he was also a little worried that Colby was going to run out of classes to take because he was he's like, well, I don't know, you might take my master's two years of research because he was starting so far ahead. Um. So, so yeah, so then Colby started with, he started with sort of like, you know, like I said, the sophomore and junior courses, but then he started doubling up on his computer science courses. So he actually was taking a senior level computer science course with a bunch of seniors. So when I went up to, uh, to help him move out of his dorm in a you know, weekend before last, I went out to dinner with him and a bunch of his, a bunch of kids who were all seniors. Hmm. Uh, in his senior, in his, uh, what was it? Principles of Programming Languages course, which is one of their more advanced, the final courses that the seniors would take. And they're all taken. Everybody's waiting for their grades. Like they actually all got their grades on their phone. They're all like, oh, did you pass? And the other guys was like, oh my God, like I had to get a certain grade to graduate, you know? And we're sitting there at this bar- Korean barbecue and they're kind of sweating it, you know? And luckily everybody did uh, well enough to pass or graduate. Um, but, um, so Kobe and they're he Kobe's the only freshman and they're just like this is so weird. You're like wait you're, yeah you're a fr- <laughs> it's a freshman. <laughs> this is their last class they're taking before they leave college, right? That's hilarious. Um, and of course he feels you know really good about that or whatever. And um, so um, the other thing that ha- so he's going to continue taking you know like advanced junior and senior level courses and start taking in computer science and we'll probably start taking some graduate courses next year by the middle of next year. 
And then he'll mm-hmm. be taking pretty much mostly just graduate courses for the rest of his undergrad degree. Now, typically, they don't allow students to take graduate courses that count towards the master's degree until they're a junior. But he's already going to be taking these classes sophomore, so he's going to get a special, you know, waiver to see if they say, "Look, he's a, he's just a sophomore. You know, we'll let him. We'll let this count." So is the is the learning his his fun or is he is he involved in any sort of extracurricular fun type stuff? Well, he well he he likes the coding. I mean, he does. I think you know he really likes his courses. So he's taking he's taking computer science course. He's taking he's been doubling up taking like two computer science courses every for the last two quarters, at least the uh, winter and spring quarter, and taking math and, and math courses. And then he takes he's taking uh, he's really interested in econ. So he's been taking econ courses and psychology. Which is sort of what's econ economics? Oh, like microeconomics, macroeconomics. He's taking those two, and he's going to take some more, Um, which I think is good. Like you understand how economics work, how incentives work, how do you know how money works? You know, understanding the economic system is is really helpful, and then understanding how people work. Like, yeah, these are really really useful things. So I'm like, yeah, these are good. These are good things to understand. and but what happened la- this past spring or late around the, is the um, the advi- the the undergraduate advisor for the math department that Colby would have to meet with every quarter to get waivers so he could take these more advanced courses because you know he had he had learned a lot of the stuff as in the math academy right and he's like Colby you should really be a, you should really be a math major because he had done he had been getting really good grades in his these advanced math courses and kobe was like well maybe i should <laughs> you know it's like i think i think it really kind of stroked his ego right he feel like you know so you know and there's and there's an overlap like you have to take a fair amount of math courses to satisfy either requirements for a computer science degree so what does it mean to be a math major like does that mean he's also going to get a, a like a an undergraduate in math or something that's right so so he would satisfy the math degree requirements and he'd satisfy the computer science undergraduate requirements and he would satisfy the graduate school requirements in in computer science so he's like getting like three degrees in one um that's great so it's actually worked out really well i mean i as i think people could tell i was a little tweaked that he didn't get into a more elite school like a carnegie mellon or or whatever um, or Chicago, and I was like, "This is just bullshit." Not just for him, but some of these other kids. I mean, these kids are like, you know, ridiculously advanced and bright, and they're and they they don't get into these places. Then I found out some other kids are getting these places who are who couldn't hold a candle to them, and I was really really annoyed. Um, but as it's turned out, that Morgan has worked out really well because now he's like big fish there, right? Like if he's at MIT, there's going to be a lot of super smart kids. It's hard to stand out mm-hmm. at MIT, right? You know, I mean, you, you can still stand out, but it's just a lot harder, you know, at a state school. There will be there are some super smart kids, but they're not like uh, it's not like you're just drowning in, you know, mm-hmm. people with 150 IQs. And it's like, okay, so you get a little extra attention, you get a little extra space. So what do you get a sense of what his social scene is like? Yeah. Oh, so one other thing I wanted to say before we get into that, and I know you're, you're curious about that. So the other thing that happened with the math, so when the, when the math advisor said, you know, I think you should be a math major, and he said, but there are not enough advanced math courses, undergraduate math courses left for you to get enough credits, right? Because you're... <laughs> 
<laughs> you're past them already, right? Like we're running out of. And so what we need to do is get you credit for those classes. So what they've what they're going to do is allow him to take a an exam, a four credit exam for linear algebra multivariate calculus, and each one is a two credit sequence. So he can get four credits, four you know four quarters of credits just by taking the, sitting for those exams and and doing well enough on them. So it sort of just proves that you know you know the stuff and you didn't have to do the courses. Right. And so but it's not just like before he would just get a waiver and they say, "Yeah, we know you know this, you can take this more advanced course." Now it's like hmm. you have credit for this. You're going to pay $150 instead of paying $3,000 for the course. You're going to get $150 or 100 or whatever it is to take the exam. And if you pass, you get credit over that, you don't. And so he's like, "Dad, can I, do you know, can you set me up on for linear algebra and multivariable on the system so that I can just you know, be in, you know, kind of be in shape. And so, oh, so he's going to go through it. He's going to go through it. I'm so he's, he's got to kick out. I get, he was, so I, I got to say next, he should probably get going on it, you know, soon. So he doesn't have to work too hard at the end of the summer. <laughs> that's awesome. But, um, so that's really cool that that's worked out. I mean, it's like, I couldn't have, you couldn't have asked for a better situation where you have these advisors for these departments who are like encouraging him and, and paving the way for him to do more advanced stuff you know a lot of times these bureaucracies they really just fight you they just prevent you from mm. doing stuff because they don't because you're an exception that's not how things work it's a pain in everybody's ass to make an exception it doesn't work in the system whatever so you can't do it and before the reason oregon has been exceptionally accommodating so Oregon, that's the place to go. I mean, it's worked out really. A friend of mine's son went to uh, Georgia Tech and has been all kinds of just bureaucratic problems. And I mean, I just mm. it's just lots of issues at these schools. It's just because they're big bureaucracies. That's what happens. That's what happens. Big bureaucracies, man. You have twenty, yeah. thirty thousand undergraduate students. I mean, you know, who are you? You're just one kid, you know. And they come, they come yeah. in and go every year. It's like, and it's like seven thousand to Oregon, something. No, like that? it's like twenty undergrad. So it's oh, like 20, a, it's like a small big school, <laughs> you know. What I mean, it's not like an Ohio State has like forty or fifty thousand. It's 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 a big state university. Twenty thousand still is a lot. Yeah, it kind of is to me. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's a small town. <laughs> yeah, and that's just a that's just the undergrad. Then they have all the grad students. So, but um, okay. but to answer your question about the other stuff, which is which is funny because you know when we do, we, Sandy and I would always do like a Sunday night phone call with him. And uh, just kind of insane to be like, okay, did you do anything fun this week? Did you? <laughs> yeah, right. Have any meet with hang out <laughs> Is with he just friends? working all the time? You know, so we were a little worried the first semester, the first quarter, because you know he's 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 a little introverted like Sandy is, right? And he's taking these nerdy advanced classes with juniors and seniors or whatever. So you're not even in classes with your fellow freshmen, mm. right? And so, like, you know, just a little worried, but um, things really got going, I think, in the order course. We're making friends. We had got friends with a couple. I mean, they were older kids, sophomores and juniors in computer science class that he got to be buddies with. And um, and then he's, um, he has his weightlifting buddies who hmm. he's at the gym with. And then he's got some roommates that for next year that he started hanging out with, and they, like, play Texas Hold'em every once in a while. So it's like, okay, so he's his weightlifting buddies, his computer science buddies. He's got the guys he's playing. Sort of like the way that it was for you. You know, you're, you're, you're in running in different circles. Yeah. I always, I always had lots of different friends and, and it's, you know, and I had to explain that to Sandy. I said, you know, first of all, guys and girls are a little different. Like girls, a lot of times they just have their friend, 
They're are their two friends, right? Guys are like, yeah, we're friends with everybody. You know, we're like hanging out. We don't really have my back. And you do. There are guys. There are friends. You think these little posses that you would see form. You know, but that was not very common. Typically, guys are they're a little less close with one or two, but they have a lot a broader range of people who they're actually friends with. So I had to just explain that to her. He's not going to have a best buddy who does everything with. And I said, secondly, he's a computer science math nerd, and he likes lifting weights. Right. There's not a huge intersection there. <laughs> right. So, you know, that was like me. I had all these different interests and in, in the people who were interested in one thing were not interested in the other thing. And so you have these four or five or six different groups. And, you know, I liked it because it just creates a lot of variety, you know. Um, so yeah. so I think that's been really that's been really good. He's, 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 I think he, he has enough of a social life. He has enough friends. So that's all. I mean, again, we were, we were really kind of concerned about that. I mean, not like, I mean, at concern level, I think we were concerned of like a seven out of 10 concern, not a 10 out of 10. Oh my God. You know, I was just like, yeah, just, yeah. Want, yeah, we really want to make sure he has like a college experience. A fun time. Yeah. yeah fun college, college is supposed experience. to be fun. You know, I mean, you're supposed to learn stuff, but you're supposed to have fun. And you're supposed to meet people and and just have experiences and not just live in the library. But you also, there are some kids who they just go out there and they have too much fun. So all they do is party and they're failing classes and that's a problem. Well, at least you did. Yeah, exactly. So you'd be more concerned about that. Yeah. Well, I was a little worried. I was a little more on the uh, stay up till three or four in the morning talking with people and skipping class, you know, and then. Then, and then having to pull out these like heroic study sessions to, you know, do reasonably well on the midterms and finals. And, and I was like, so I was really pushing him hard to say, look, go to class every day, which means go to sleep at a decent time so you can get up at a decent time so you can go to class, so you can stay in sync with the course and what's happening and just, you know. And uh, to my surprise, he was total opposite from me. He just like, never misses class. He's just... That's on great. point. So I'm like, wow, okay, great. <laughs> do what I do, say not what I do. <laughs> do what I say, not what I do. Don't, yeah. You know, but I'm an extreme extrovert, right? Like I can't avoid an interesting conversation. Like I can't. And and I knew so <laughs> many people. I walk across campus and I would know so many people because I was involved in so much stuff and then pretty extroverted. So it'd be like, hey, what's up? Hey, you know. Which one of your kids? So did any of your kids turn out like extreme extrovert like you? No, not really. I mean, Aralee's the most. Aralee's pretty socially adept, and she has lots of friends. But nobody is like an extrovert like me. I mean, Jesus, (laughs) (laughs) just probably a good thing Um, because it's pretty distracting um, as a. uh, All right, well, that's great to get that that Colby update. Was there uh, was there anything else you wanted to say? Yeah, because I wanted to move on to math. Yeah, the last thing I'll say. So you know, I was talking about his um, his weightlifting stuff. So that's mm. been like his big, you know, his, 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 you know, his updates that he likes to talk about is his game and his weightlifting. So he's getting really, really strong. So he like, he now can squat. I think he's squatted 355, 360 pounds, like a full squat, which is a lot of weight. So for people who know about weightlifting that much, so it's like when you would go to like a commercial gym, you know, as I do, like an Equinox or 24 Fitness, or whatever. 315 pounds, so three 45-pound plates on each side. You don't see that very often on free weights, even in squats. Like, And if somebody does it, they do like a half squat. And you'd be like looking at it, and you're kind of like, I wonder if that guy's actually going to do a real squat. And then he does like half squat. You're like, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> like Nobody does that because it's a lot of weight. And then when you do see one, you're like, dude, that guy's a horse. Holy shit, you know? 
that guy like you'll see some really strong or some guy who looks like a crossfitter who's there for the day who's you know who's just you're like damn that guy's okay that guy's super strong but you just don't really see it very often and so when he's like squatting doing repping with three i'm just like but is he gonna like look like arnold schwarzenegger or schwarzenegger or no, something no you only look like that if you take steroids nobody gets that big unless without steroids okay. um but uh and he said he bench press he's, he's around bench press around 275 pounds so he is He's getting quite strong for, you know, he's only 180 pounds. So he's... He's stronger than you at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, he's not... Yeah, I mean, I never I'm, squatted that much weight. I was never... But I never really trained the full squat. So... But he's stronger than I ever was in squats. He's not quite... Is my all-time... I bench press 300, 300 pounds at my all-time... All-time strongest. Like, yeah. I could do... He's he's moving. He's there. there. He's, he's gonna... in the neighborhood. But I was like yeah. twenty seven, not eighteen years old. Oh, geez. So he is going to. be. When I was his, gonna... I was a hundred and fifty pound pipsqueak. You know, I mean, I couldn't. I mean, I was I was an athlete, so I could do a lot of push ups, and I was you know, like I said, athletic. But I I couldn't like move big weight. No way. How Too many pull ups can he do? I don't know. Probably a lot. I'd I'd ask him. He probably could do like. If I had to guess, he'd probably do like thirty or thirty five. I bet you. So there was um so Joe was talking about doing like a hundred pull ups not not straight he uh, he was he said like a a minute uh, something oh maybe maybe I misread it I yeah, think about the Murph could be right. like no you're not doing yeah, the Murph not doing hundred straight no okay that's All right. right um yeah you, you, that's a lot of pull ups so it was funny because I asked Early I go because so Early can I mean she did she did sixteen sixteen which right. is ridiculous for a female i mean just that is ridiculous unless there's some kind of i don't know unless you're talking to someone who's like a professional rock climber or like a division one gym lister i mean you're really that's not, that's rarefied air and so i said do you think you do more cold weight? she's like no way his biceps are as big as my head <laughs> Which I thought was funny she really looks it's funny it's really cute because she really looks up to colby she's like colby's gonna teach me to drive this summer and colby's gonna do like she's really uh oh does colby drive now oh yeah 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 well, he's mm. he's been kind of quizzing her and teaching her about all the driving, the laws, and how to work the. Because he, he my my car's a manual. He uses my car to, and they he, they go to they go to uh, weight training every day together. I think it's good for kids to learn stick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they're willing to. I mean, Colby likes it, and she really wants to learn it. So he's been he's he's pushing her to do that. He's like, yeah, you know, right, driving stick like that's the. That's driving. Otherwise, you're just steering. Yeah, you know? that is it. That's true. No, it's true. So uh, I totally agree. Yeah. Anyway, so that's his. That's I think that's the Colby update. He's uh, everything's going well. So he's just spending a summer doing three things. He's working on his game, lifting weights, and um, playing video games at night with his buddies. So pretty nice. So are you lifting weights with him now? Are you going to Equinox together? No, he does. He he and Errol go to this performance trainer okay. who has like. They have like their own. I mean, they rent a bunch of space at this big facility, but he they, he trains mostly high school and college athletes who are like going Division One, like really serious athletes. And so, um, and I think I mentioned how we t- did, I, did. I tell you on the story how we got early on the the weight training program with this guy. You didn't. Did we no, talk about? Uh, I'll just do so. this. So about. Um, a couple months ago, Sandy's been playing this a while. She's like, I think we need to get uh, early training with Jeremiah. Jeremiah is the, the performance coach um, to really to really magnify, augment her current strength. I mean, she's naturally a strong 
girl. And the gymnastics, of course, has really uh, moved that needle. But to really push, to get every, you want to squeeze every ounce of of um, potential out of your, out of yourself if you're going to try and do what she wants to do, which would be a Division One gymnast, right? And so she's like, um, so she arranged Jeremiah and er- and Erley's one of her gymnastics coaches to meet and I went there and they sort of like, okay, like create a consolidated synchronized plan. You know, so the, so, so, so the, 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 her, her gymnastics coach was going through and showing videos. Okay. So we need to work on her shoulder strength because she needs to pull up into this thing. And I think we could use, she needs to increase this. So she, he was showing the actual movements in video in slow motion so that he could, so Jeremiah could see and go, okay, right. So we need to work on that front of the delt strength. Okay. We want to, you know, okay. The, you know, so they, they came with this whole plan. Is she like thinking maybe the Olympics one day? Oh, you know, early. Of course she is. Of course she is. <laughs> that would be amazing. Of course. I mean, that's, re- that I mean, that's, uh, that's ridiculous. I mean, I mean, d- 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 I mean, how many girls are there in the, in the like eight in the whole country? Yeah. I mean, it's like <laughs> ridiculous saying I'm going to be an Olympic sprinter. I mean, it's not like saying I'm a professional football player. Like I'm going to be one of. You know, I mean, which is ridiculously small percentage of football players can be that. But there's still 32 teams of equal practice squads, 100 guys. I mean, you know, 3,200. I mean, eight girls or 10. I mean, it's like it's the, 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 the but it's almost impossible. But um, she'll sure as hell shoot for it. I'd guarantee you that. But um, for now, I'm like, all right, let's just I mean, she does not like she spends time talking about it, but mm. Her goal right now, I mean, I mean, after going to Stanford, I swear to God, she is like has she's like she bought all this Stanford gear at the bookstore. So she's at all her Stanford. Well, they got like a Stanford leotard, you know, their gymnastics leotard. So she got the Stanford one, which she wears to work out once at least once a week. And she has her Stanford sweatshirt and she's walking all her Stanford gear. And I'm like, wow, you're like the the local Stanford rep. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Stanford gear here, but she is like, but but being a gymnast at Stanford is like, I mean, it's like being a, playing basketball at Duke or something. I mean, they're like one, they have like 150. They have a tr- she went to a trophy room. They have like 150 national championships. I mean, they are one of the best in the country. And the, and of course, being at Stanford just as a normal student is like practically impossible. And being like, that's one of the best. I mean, it's just, it would be amazing. I said, I took a time. I said, look, being a, a I was like that would be amazing. Like you should shoot for it. <laughs> But, Shoot for it, but don't don't but like get too depressed. There are a lot of Division One school. I mean, you would be awesome. Like, trust me, if you play do Division One gymnast at on any of these top schools, it, it would be an unbelievable experience. And colleges, they're all fun. They're actually because we're walking around the town. The where all the kids, you know, were they in downtown Palo Alto, right by the university. And she's like, "Oh, I would could just see myself walking with my friends," <laughs> and I'm just like. <laughs> No, but I mean, isn't that what isn't that what Arnold does? Like, that's what uh, if you, if you watch the Arnold documentary, which you have and I haven't, but um, uh, I can't remember. Vision, who... you vision, you envision it. Yeah, you 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 envision it, right? And so she's doing it. She's envisioning. She it. is envisioning it, and she's working towards. I mean, she is. So I'm not. I'm not trying to talk her down from it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, yeah. I was like, but I'm just. Most universities have a really cool town or part where there's lots of stuff going on so you know you know ucla would be awesome right or the you know, university or whatever i mean this but yeah so she's she's totally i mean it's it's uh yeah she's like a heat-seeking missile right now like just pushing and pushing oh it was it was robbie robbie w what'd he yeah. say 
He was he was saying he said he enjoyed Arnold and thought it was very inspiring. It is. It was very inspiring, and he did. He, I mean, Arnold had a vision, and he he worked hard, and he got people together and trained. I mean, he just he had obviously like a, a re- amazing genetics, but he 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 outworked everybody, and he had a plan. So so he had steroids. Oh yeah, he took steroids, but they but uh, at that level of the bodybuilders, they all had to. You just can't get to that level without. You mean all the professional bodybuilders take steroids? Professionals. They have. That's why they I have. I thought it was illegal. It's ill. I think I'm not sure what the legality. I think steroid use recreational is probably illegal, but they don't test for it in the professional bodybuilding like they do in some of the sports and stuff. Okay. I mean, it. it you can get kicked out of sports for um, at least suspended, if not kicked out. You know, for long periods of time for. But but bodybuilding is 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 not. At least, okay. but there are competitions that are natural. Like there's a circuit, like the natural competitions, and they do test really rigorously. Okay. Um, I don't know. Speaking of, cool. we just watched the, and I'll just, uh, just if it, we Shane and I just watched the. Uh, I think, I'm not sure it was on Netflix or whatever. It was a. Uh, it was sort of Fubon? Lance Armstrong. Documentary. Oh, the Lance Armstrong. That's yeah. good. Okay, yeah. that was good. We both. She just was like, you know, she, I was like, what do you watch? She's like, oh, it's a Lance Armstrong thing. Do you want to watch it? I'm like, oh, okay. So I watched it, and I was like. That was good. <laughs> like you know, you get up and be like, that was that was an hour and a half well spent. That was fun. Why was it good? Why was it good? It's just well done. It was just well done. Yeah, it was just. And she's like, it was only a six five IMDb. I'm like, yeah, so f- like and he oh, go on. But he was disgraced, right? He was. Yeah, I mean, there's no question that he cheated and he was a bully. And I mean, I'm not. This isn't like a an hagiography of of Lance Armstrong. It's it's. You know, it's 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 not does not show him in a good light in a lot of ways. But it's a good story. Huh. I mean, it, it it a lot of people it has it shows. You know, there are other people who are covered in it, and it's just it's just well done. I thought it was good, so I'd recommend it. Hmm, okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think that's I think that's the the summary of the 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 Colby summary, and of course a little bit of an early summary. But uh, so, um, what about Math Academy? So I don't think I have as much to say. Okay, we finished the multivariable calculus course, right? When I say we, oh, and you, yeah, and that that is live. That is live. That is live. So so the the post so the post calculus courses, the university, true university course. I mean, calculus really is university, but the sophomore level above we that we have available. We have linear algebra, multivariable calculus, and we have the math for machine learning. Um, a lot of the other courses are like anywhere between 60 and 90% done. And, but what we're going to shoot for next is the methods of proof because we're going to use the proof editor, right? That Mm. I built out. So that, because, and I've talked about this in previous shows, so I won't go into it, but that's the foundation for all these other more advanced courses is the proof course. But, and you really, Alex is, you know, which makes sense, but Alex has said, you know, from the beginning, you know, that you really want to start from the bottom and build up. In whatever it is, it's hard to start in the halfway through it and then go back and fill stuff in and try and work backwards. It just doesn't. Um, it's just hard, hard to scaffold efficiently that way. So he's like, I want to. He's like, because we can't. Let's not go to abstract algebra next. Something. Let's do methods of proof and then we can build from there. So, mm-hmm. you know, so Alex and his team. They so he just released that and um, the other cool thing. So Justin. What did he do? He just uh, did something that was um, oh, so he did the uh, topic difficulty. So so not all topics in a math course are created equal. Some are really easy, 
Some are kind of easy. Some are kind of hard. Some are really hard. It's just by the nature of them. And um, the thing is, is that up until now, we had no differentiation between what was hard and what was easy. And the thing is, is that if something is really easy, you could probably don't have to do as much reviews on that, right? If I say, Justin, find it, or if I say, student, like, here, we're teaching what the transpose of a matrix is. It's just switch the columns and the rows. You're like, okay, like, don't need a lot of practice with that. It's like, not, but if I say, okay, we're doing cyclic, uh, integration by parts like okay that that's something that a student is going to have to see multiple times or related rates or all these kind of modeling stuff they're just it's just gonna take a lot of reps on that thing over time to keep to really make it stick and so what justin did is he um you know went back through the data and basically using the data calculated a difficulty score between essentially mm. negative i think he went through uh uh, God, I think it went through negative, well, whatever. So normalized between negative one and one, the hardest and most difficult, or zero and one. And then what happens is the the easiest ones will ha will really expand out the space repetition interval, and the hardest ones will compress them, right? Mm -hmm. And the, we have another multiplier there that's involved, which is the student's aptitude, which we calculate based on how well they do on quizzes. So if a student is like a really fast learner, you can expand out that stuff. And if a student is struggles, you need to like, okay, we're going to have to review much more frequently because what happens is stuff just falls out of their head more quickly. There is, I can guarantee you that there's no one doing stuff like this in another math learning system. Yeah. We've really, we've really <laughs> geeked out on this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really, this is, that's going deep. Um, you also had, um, Sandy released your about us page. Yeah. Yeah. Did you read that or? Did you see that? Or? I did, yeah. Oh, did you like it? Yeah. What did you think? I did, but Sandy said um, curiously that you weren't too hot on it in the in the texting Discord. Well, that... she, I, I, I just said it had a little bit of a feminine voice to it. It was a little bit, you know, it, which she thought was funny. She, she kind of rolled her eyes at it. You know, she's like, oh my God, you know. I'm like, well, it's a little feminine, you know. And she's like, what? And I said, well, it just feels a little feminine to me, you know, which is fine. You know, but I'm just saying it's not quite how I would write it. Well, I was going to say, no, that's what I was going to say is it's very different to your your style of writing. Right. And so she she missed when I said that because Izzy asked me about it. And I said, well, I said something. I said it in the wrong way. I said, well, it's your mom's version. She's like, she's like well, I, I, is, do you have a different version or do you think? Do, I'm like, no, no, no. I, I didn't mean it. That, I don't mean that like I what you said wasn't accurate or. um misrepresented things it just the way she would describe something and the way i describe it's like a he said she said right i'm going to focus on different details i'm going to describe them in different ways right yeah so um i think she kind of at the end kind of signed it like kind of said it was written by sandy which i thought was good yeah. because i was like okay then it's fine yes but um i know i was that's what i was going to ask about actually because um because that, because uh, she's saying, and yes, I wrote this, Sandy, but it kind of assumes that the reader knows who Jason and Sandy are. Well, it has the about, uh, has us right above that, right? That's true. That's true. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. So there's the picture. Because it's his founders, okay, Jason, and then it has our story. Right? Okay. Yeah. And, and I it. think, um, um, and yeah, I thought she did a nice job. I, you know, it wasn't like I didn't like it or disagreed with it. I just made that comment and she kind of was a little concerned that I was unhappy with it. And I said, no, I'm just, you know, 
It's just though I was saying it's just not quite how well, it's not my voice. It's her voice, which is yeah. That's I think that and that that's a that's an interesting point. Yeah. So so what is the voice of Math Academy? Does it have multiple voices? Does it have a single voice? Like. You know, I think it. I don't think it has to have one voice. I don't. I think because it's funny. Because this is what's funny. If you go into Math Academy, I know that the software itself is probably going to, like the the sentences explaining, it's going to be like, you know, it's like very straight and to the point. That's the way Jason writes. You know, whereas that marketing page that she wrote is very like, you know, a little soft, a little yeah, exactly yeah, at odds in a sense, different. So you you might. Not now, obviously. Now is fine, but at some point in the future, you're probably going to have to like create a unified voice. Or do we? I mean, maybe you don't. I don't maybe you I don't. don't. I don't think we have to. I think we do whatever the hell we want. That's true. Do whatever. There's one you thing want. we're not doing is pattern matching. Like, well, people normally do. It's like I don't give a crap what anyone else does. You know, we'll just do whatever. I just don't think that stuff really. I don't think that stuff really makes that big a difference. I think. Okay. I think what makes. I think it's helpful to be just who you are. You know, and mm-hmm. people can. Okay. You know, and people say things. The thing like authentic is is come across because now authentic is like this new fake thing that everybody's trying to be. They're not really authentic. Oh, well, that is authentic. That is definitely authentic. Yeah, and so it's like just and people do appreciate that. You know, it's kind of. I mean, I was like speaking of inauthentic. I was one of my one of the podcasts that startup podcasts that I used to like for a while was Masters of Scale, which Reed Hoffman started. Yeah, you've mentioned it a lot. Yeah, Ugh, it's like so bad. Well, there's I, I think some of it has gone paid and some of it is not paid. Some of it's like subscription. I don't know, but the rapid response one, it is like, it is like Masters of Virtue signaling. Now it is like almost mm. it's almost impossible to listen to i was i i i, I had stopped listening to it because i heard a few interviews and the interviewer isn't reed hoffman some other guy and he's just throwing softballs to people and all this virtue signaling crap and they're just like oh blah 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 well we really think this is important it's like shut the fuck <laughs> up you know it's like it's just so stupid and so fake and so just i don't know it's it, it, it so i hadn't listened to it a long time i just would have this every time i'd see it on my like list of latest shows on my pot like what am i gonna listen to when i go work out kind of thing and i and i'd always skip it and i was like okay maybe i should just give this another shot can't learn for a while, learn listen to it for a while and then i started listening to it and i was like 20 minutes in and i was just like i was literally about to throw up in my mouth i was like i can't do this anymore i was like i'm just gonna delete this podcast it's, but it's just so this is what these companies do they just they want a virtue signal, right? They just throw me softballs, and I'll just talk about how important it is to listen to the this and the dead. I don't know. It's just, just terrible. I I totally agree with you about the virtue signaling stuff. Drives me nuts. Yeah. So I find it so irritating. I don't know. I'm just generally speaking. Yeah. So, um, well, anyway, in terms of the voice, we we you know I, as you know we don't have a lot of information on the site. Like we we have we still have a lot of explaining to do because there's so much to the system. There's so much complexity. Yeah. Um, and it's gonna take a while. I mean, we one of the things that Sandy put together was the FAQ, which helped because um, we didn't have that for a long time. And of oh, course, yeah. she is the one who does the. She's the first, second, and third line of 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 uh, defense for the support. So she gets all these questions and has to explain everything. And so she's like, all right, we need, so she's been collecting these responses. And so now we have that and then we have the about us and we're going to kind of, you know, build from there. Well, I was going to say, this is, this is just a small uh, nitpick, mm-hmm. but um, you don't have uh, your, um, uh, like, you know, the little icon mm-hmm. in the tab. Mm-hmm. 
Um, or it's it's super easy to do. You just you just you just point to the little M icon uh, and and like on what page? Because on some pages it does. I think I screwed something up somewhere. I noticed that myself. Oh really? Yeah. What page are you on? Uh, well, uh, every page I'm looking at doesn't have it. I'm on I'm on mathacademy.com. Oh, you know, in my internal site it does, so I'll I'll fix that today. You know, I'm glad you yeah. brought that to my attention. I I I, thought, I was like I was curious. I was like, maybe that's just local. I'm you know maybe maybe that's just internal pages. So yeah, I need to fix that. That's that's dumb. It's a, yeah, it's just one of those nitpicky things. But uh, no, I was so happy that I'm I'm I really love it. Like obviously, the more marketing pages you can get up like that, the better, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it just builds a story. Like and you know. I, I, I did post to the Discord, you know, okay, let's get one up for the for the team that's got all the pictures of the team. But um, Sandy had said, well, apparently the team doesn't want to go up. <laughs> you know, they don't I want to. I don't know what the situation was. I know she reached out at one point and then there was some like, well, there were reasons why one or two people did. I, I can't remember. I'd have to. Uh. So, 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 so they bring up a good point. Well, just don't, you don't have to say, you know, don't have to bring up the team, but just say, we have 20 people work, you know, 20 PhDs working, just something to just sort of show, man, there is so much behind this sausage, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting because there's two things going on. There was, I, I can't remember who made that comment first that they were, someone on Discord was like, I was impressed with, there were this many different PhDs working on it. And yeah. that is something that's interesting. And uh, at, at, uh, that is a credit, sort of credit building um, mm, credit building information. Sure. Go, oh, okay. Um, one thing I was kind of against is I hate these sort of stupid startup team pages that everybody does that I'm the chief mm. sausage maker and I'm the chief, you know, and they make all these bullshit titles and then they show the secretary first and then in the senior and the CEO, or whatever, somewhere in the middle and everybody's so fake humble and it's just so dumb. You know, you just reminded me of what what stressed me out uh, w- with the with the block thing, um, the notion block mm-hmm. open source thing. It wasn't that; it was that I started following it through, and then I was like clicking through, and then I ended up on Obsidian, which is a which is a notes app that's really big, and then I ended up on the Obsidian team mm-hmm. page, and there was like eight people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, fuck! Like, there's eight people behind this product. And there's like 200 people behind Notion. And that was what made me feel like, God damn it, am I crazy? Just one person in my spare time doing this? So that was what made me feel a little stressed. That just, sorry, just sidebar. Well, the question is, how many of those people are actually doing anything material? Right? <laughs> I, I always know. just say, I remember when I was in the higher frequency trading, you know, stuff, people were like, what makes you think you can compete against Goldman Sachs? I was like, because you know who I'm really competing against? There's like one or two dudes. There's a team, there's the inner team that's really doing the model development and the really hard thinking of, of 8, 10, 12 people, but there's really like one guy and there's two or, two or three secondary guys. The other guys are sort of support and they're like, they're not that so competing. And I'll take them on. Let's go. You know? <laughs> Let's fucking go. You know? <laughs> I, I, wish, I wish I had that. <laughs> I wish I had that thought process. I'm not scared of anybody. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to try and borrow it from you. Yeah, I'll I'll take them on. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> Fuck it, you know. Fuck it. Let's go. Let's go. I'd like to. I got I, this. You know, anyone who gets me and Justin and Alex, Sandy, let's go. What do you got? 
you know? <laughs> and I, you know, I have a lot of faith in myself and a lot of faith in my team and I know what we can do. And so I'm not intimidated. And the thing is that you get these bigger companies and these aren't even big companies. They're big relative to, you know, a handful of people or 10, 10 20 people. But if you, if you end up peeling away all the people who are support and support for support and support, I mean, it's just, I mean, I don't mean support and, and customer support. I mean, just, they're not the people who are working on the core product, right? And and then you find out there's these, well, these product managers and project managers and team leads and architects. It's like, well, who is actually fucking building this? <laughs> Whose idea is this? Who's a, well, you know, we got this, I guess, like all these people who are doing who are doing a fractional lift and nobody really has a really big understanding of everything and they just kind of have i don't know it's just like i mean you know it's funny i mean uh what was a guy drew houston uh, talked about it when you know coincidentally on the i think i think it was the master's scale might have been the um how i built this interview which i how i built this i think is a good good podcast by the way on npr and um he said you know, when you're competing against bigger companies, you're com- you're really just competing against one project manager, because this is usually one one, you know, like you're Google, and okay, you have like some project manager, and that project manager is on a thing for like eighteen months, and then they're moving on. They don't have a big history to it. They're just, this is just a stepping stone. So they get another project. They don't really care that much. It's just a thing. And then they have their team. A lot of people are new to the team and they're kind of coming up. So they don't have this kind of this, this, um, passion, passion but connection. Like, like we're living and dying with this thing. Right. Yeah. Right. And they're only there for the, for a shorter period of time, and it's just a job. And you know, uh, you know, it's like I see these people. One of these inter, um, one of these uh, podcasts that I I think it's okay. It's Lenny's Lenny's podcast. He does the um, Lenny's newsletter is pretty good, I and mean, he does a lot of um, he did a lot of growth stuff, which I found interesting. He would do a lot of a deep analysis of like how companies got new users and how they grew and all stuff, which I found really um, informative. And I recommend reading. But his podcast, he interviews a lot of these product managers. He, do, he interviews growth people too, but a lot of product managers, a lot of people. And every single one of them, well, it was at Airtable, then it was at Pinterest, and then I went to Uber, and then I was at Dropbox, and then I was at this. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, you're like leaving these places after two years. Like, you're like 33 or something, or 35. You've had like seven jobs. And you never stayed at one for more than two or three years. And you're like, you know, and, and then it's like, that's fine for them. And I'm sure these people are, I'm sure they're all nice people and they're all smart people and hardworking. But how much impact are you, I mean, how much do you really have when you're just staying somewhere for two years? Right. So I'm competing against some guys or some girl who's been somewhere for two years. <laughs> Let's go. It's a great perspective. Um, and I, I will borrow some of your bravado and and just bring that into my own psyche and just feel like yes that is that is that is a sensible way of looking well, just, at just it. think about this think I'm, about this yeah. you talk about like how much has facebook innovated in the last 10 years what have they done i mean it's all just little little what, bits what have of they polish. done justin mm-hmm. tell me nothing. nothing i mean it's just they don't do shit what has Twitter done? What did he do in the 10 years before, you know, I mean, he has, I mean, there's some things that happened since he's been on, but before him for 10 years, I mean, they did like, there was, 
there was like one UI. There have been a few things, but I mean, it was like almost nothing. What is Google? What what's happened with most of Google? They don't want to. They don't want to fuck up the, the the good source. Like they're just thinking, look, if I make any changes, that's a pretty big risk to yeah. them. Which yeah. means it's so easy to compete against them because they're not doing shit. Because you have so many people, so much bureaucracy of people just doing nothing. And it's I don't think that's true with Notion though. They 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 do add things, but what I will say is they've got to this place where they've like outcomplexed their their own selves. Like it's so it's so complicated. Like they added a new feature called projects to their to their system. And it's like just to look at it, it's just like, oh my god, that is like whew. Yeah, see and and that's that it's 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 it falls a little bit into that Clayton Christensen innovators dilemma. You move up the stack, get more and more complicated, and as you add more and more features, you get more and more complicated. Then you're too too complex or too expensive for the for the new users to to come on, right? And that opens up for for competitors. And I think that the, the big your biggest concern is that is the people who don't exist are going to pop out tomorrow with something awesome. You're like crap, you know. It's not it's not the people who are already have a business and they're successful, maybe they're going to move into our space. It's like, when do you ever see that happen? Once people are making money, have success, that's just what they do. It's like locked. Mm. It's like frozen in ice. Like you hardly see these things change much at all. Well, we were talking about me, but I feel like it's it's relevant for well, you as I, well. I, it's relevant for everybody. It's relevant <laughs> for you, which is that you need to not worry about bigger companies. Right. Bigger companies are, are pretty incompetent about innovating. They're generally incompetent. Bureaucracy is the enemy of innovation. Like, perfect example, SpaceX versus United Launch Alliance, right? So Lockheed mm-hmm. Martin and Raytheon and General Dynamics or whatever, and they're working, you know, they've had these sort of, you know, cost plus, you know, basically fast track contracts, sweetheart deals with the Defense Department and NASA for decades, and their stuff is ridiculous ridiculously overpriced there's no innovation and they just talk and talk and then basics comes out of nowhere and then shows them how to land rockets and they thought it was all impossible and there you know what you know the launch the cost differences between the united uh, launch alliance and the spacex you know just the normal falcon is isn't it something ridiculous it's like 30 million for a spacex and like a billion yeah, it's like 100x a... yeah and, 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 and spacex is getting cheaper and um and it's like, you know, once you get these big bureaucracies going, it's basically incompetence. It's basically incompetence. It's big companies don't do anything. They have to just buy smart companies. They can't innovate. They just, they can't. I mean, Mu- they don't. Musk says this kind of stuff all the time, actually. Well, he's great. I mean, he, he's, he sees it. I mean, the thing is that, is that he'll say things that other people won't say. That like you're accusing me of early. You're not supposed to say that stuff. You know, he just says it. Right. right? I have the same tick where I'll just kind of tend to say stuff. Um, and uh, it's true. You know, that's why he cut like 80% of the engineering and it didn't really ma- it didn't make a difference because, you know, people just bigger companies, the bureaucracy, the, the, the inefficiencies, people hide, the people who spend all their time in meetings and memos and politics and planning and bullshit and nobody does anything. So you're good, Justin. Just build your thing. Innovate. Don't worry about just it. Just keep on, keep on working on it. Yeah. I'd, right. I'd be worried. I would um, worry about this five or six person company that you've never heard of. Okay, well, don't no, don't worry. But that, those are the people so, we were. So let's not yeah. worry about right. that. <laughs> right. Um, all right. So we've got like ten minutes. Okay. Um, just 
quick quick catch up on the cage match. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um, <laughs> um, it's looking more likely. Mums, okay. um, the mums of both men have said they do not want this to happen. But it turns out they're and, grown men, um, so you know they're just gonna do whatever they're gonna do. And I I can't quite tell if the if the the Coliseum thing is a joke or real. Uh, who knows? Are they going to fight in the Coliseum? That would be hilarious. Well, you know it. In it, but it wouldn't be a big enough crowd though. It would be much more cool if it was in Vegas or something. Because yeah. you can only get four hundred people in the Coliseum. Right? And says is like, right? yeah. So it wouldn't be the same like vibe for them. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Um. Well, my odds are still this. I mean, like I said before, there are different reasons. Depending on how far out this thing is, you know, I think Musk, the further out out is, the more Musk has an advantage. Yeah. Well, Musk um, has an advantage. Because yeah. he'll have time to get in shape and, and get skilled up, you know, because I think George St. Pierre or whatever, one of these big. He's supposed to be really good. Yeah. He's, he's, he's like a, like a he's legend. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll train you. You'll kick ass. I mean, so then it, you know, like if it's in the next six months, probably not. If it's like, 12 months, months that might be a different story i mean either way yeah. it's gonna be kind of pathetic because you have two older guys who are amateurs you know whatever i'm sure it's not gonna last very long you know i mean maybe well you would. know how these things who go knows? well that's true well you know how these things go sometimes they, that it's like everybody gets all hyped up and it's over in like 45 seconds because somebody like yeah. sprains a knee and it's over and you're like oh well okay <laughs> like we spent like a year talking yeah. about it you know one of them kicks the other one in the knee the guy just goes down with a sprained knee and it's over We're like okay <laughs> Well, yeah. uh, that there's a there's a really reasonable probability that something goofy like that will happen because you're dealing with amateurs, right? And yeah. amateurs of don't have the same kind of body control, and so they can just not get out of way of things or do things. It's like it always happened with me when I would play basketball. This is this is a tough talk, but like when you would go play pickup basketball, right? And you'd play with. You know, and it'll be like there'd be different courts. Like we'd go to like these big gyms that have multiple courts, and like be the number one court, number two, number three. So you'd be playing with the number one court with the top guys, and then it gets later, and the and then like the more and more people start leaving, so it starts getting weaker, slightly weaker players start filtering in, and that's when you get injured. Whereas it's that guy who's like he was a pretty good basketball player, but he's like a football player also, and he's playing a little out of control, and that's when you get messed up. <laughs> right? It's like the people. So you get messed up from that. You guy. get messed up with the guys who who are a little overzealous and don't have body control because they're because they're not quite as technically skilled at that particular sport. But the worst are the ones who are good athletes at like in another sport and they're like really like into it. And you're like, dude, hmm. chill out. Like you're gonna hurt me. I know you're gonna hurt me. I know you're gonna come out, undercut my knee or do something stupid because, you know, and so that's what that was the way the kind of thing that when you're smart, you'd say we should, we should, we stop playing now. We should stop playing. This is this, this is the last game where I get messed up. <laughs> Is that guy? Does Colby play basketball? He doesn't. He never was. You know, it's funny. He played when he was a kid. Like played like three or four seasons, but he was never a very strong basketball player. He he. I always joke with him. He was like he was like a football player playing. Like he was the one guy who was like going to hurt somebody. <laughs> he plays like a football. He's the body and the mentality and just the movements of a football player. Basketball is, is a little he, more fluid. You know, he just have. Is that. he interested in football? Like the is he on a football team now, dude? Like yeah. Oregon is like one of the is typically one of the better programs in the country, right? The, I don't yeah. know if you understand this, but there are. So he doesn't have a chance because he's too because it's 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 already got the best of the yeah, best. Yeah, I mean, like you're always going to okay. get like a handful of guys from Oregon to get drafted, just like Ohio State and 
Notre Dame and whatever. I mean, it's one of these top, top programs. So you don't just like walk yeah. on there very easily. I mean, that's, I mean, you, they do have walk on tryouts every once in a while. You get a few guys you pick up for the practice squad or something, but, um, it's rare. Now, if he had been, if he had gone to division three school, you know, which is not where they don't give you scholarships, they recruit players and they give you a, you, mm. they give you, um, priority and admission for sure. It's, um, it's not a scholarship. So he chose he chose like the computer and the math. Over, no, he didn't get in anymore. Remember, I told you like he he you know I, he applied to like twenty schools. He only got into Santa Cruz and Oregon. He got he got in nowhere. It was but okay okay. So I mean, he applied to yeah. like the places that I thought he could play. Like he applied to Chicago, Carnegie Mellon, Harvey Mudd. I don't know. I can't remember half dozen others. I don't know. So yeah, the funny thing about Colby is in terms of like football, as like it's actually worked out because um, college football you can get hurt pretty easily, pretty badly. Yeah, it's like yeah, you know lifting weights. If you're really having fun lifting weights and working out, and you're not getting hurt, like that's probably a good thing. That's and good. Yeah, it's good. it would and being and here's the thing about being a Division One athlete, it's like a job. It's not just yeah. you go to practice two hours a day, five days a week. It's like a 30 hour week job. So it's really hard to be a full time student, serious student. You, a lot of the students are taking like half the classes and then like really easy majors or something like that. So it's like, it's really going to be a computer science major and play like a, 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 a you know, division one sport, even if that was possible. And that's one thing I was telling, we've been telling, telling Early is that she needs to get a lot of advanced like college credits and AP credits so that she can take a reduced load in college because if you she gets a division one level you want to be not having to yeah, grind you through want you want to have like all this stuff you got for free and so she took like a class in economics at pcc this summer and that gave her you know you know so she's going to be continuing to do that kind of thing well um, i knew you got to go otherwise you're going to get in trouble soon so let's <laughs> yeah but uh yeah you're all right so <laughs> One one thing one one thing that I had was um, I saw uh, this was a uh, something I was hacking news or maybe it was just something. Mm -hmm. Basically, it was vitrification, the cryopreservation and life sustaining kidney transplantation in a rat model, where vitrification is this new way of um, preserving. Like you sort of you can freeze something to a point where it doesn't form ice crystals. Mm -hmm. But it's still frozen, mm -hmm. and um, then it can be revived and become alive again. And haven't I been it's, saying it's, this? This was going to happen. That's what I was <laughs> ten years ago. <laughs> so, nearly spoiled right. you. This is so never going to be possible. So, so I thought this would be perfect for you and your your head. I don't know you why know? you keep saying that. I know you keep saying that. It's like your head. <laughs> Maybe your head because it's so big. That's all I can fit in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, going for the full body. I'm going for the full body, Justin. I'm going full body. Okay, you full, can go in the discount head container. <laughs> uh, look, I'll throw it in. Just out of friendship, I will give one for this. Is for Justin's head. Oh, and it'll be me. like oh, it'll be like a little head. foot locker down there. We're just Jason, the full body, yes. and then his his partner yeah, with the head. Because you you'll because to continue the podcast in a thousand years' time, you're going to need my head. That's right. Yeah. So, so we're going to have Justin's head. <laughs> yeah. What's well, funny? Like. um yeah, I, I, you know, I, 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 you know, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of like the AI conversation where, because I think I've had, I, I have a lot of skepticism about the, the AI stuff in the short term, right? I have, I, I, you know, but I do believe 
I don't think that AI is going has to require a biological substrate. I don't agree with. It. I think V Raptor someone says that they were trying to. I think it was V Raptor. Someone was like, "Okay, Jason's like, let me clarify. What is it that you're skeptical? What do you think?" I it's like I think I think that we the brain is an is a machine. We are machines. We are biological machines. We are ex- exceptionally complex machines. And but I believe we are finite in nature, and so we can replicate intelligence. I don't think a large language model is going to be able to do that. And I don't think it's anywhere close, and I don't think it's anywhere close to sentience or self-awareness or feelings or anything like that. I think it just it's it's a it's a really cool mathematical um, trick or technique. It's some it some really cool processing, but I don't care how many billions of parameters you are, it ain't human cognition and it ain't AI. So that's been my but just like with the just like with the with the you know sort of extended lifespan stuff or being able to freeze yourself it's it's ultimately an engineering problem it's ultimately the dna stuff you know you know you know stopping the 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 degradation of our dna and all this i think it's all it's all this ultimately as a machine you can uh, we can optimize our engineering i don't think it's going to happen next week but i don't but from a, from a principle of looking at from that principle that set of principles i just don't i think these are solvable problems in my opinion, but I don't think you're going to, I think you're, you're not going to have Jarvis in four and a half years. The clock is ticking on you, buddy. Oh, I know. I'm going to owe you that money. What was it? It was 10 bucks. It was 10 grand. Uh, was it? Wait, no, it was, it was, <laughs> it was a thousand. 50 grand, it? something like that. <laughs> all, or, right, or, all right. All right. <laughs> either that, or you can write a personal apology to me for doubting my <laughs> powers of prediction. No. <laughs> Okay, uh, I'll, t- I'll no, take the apology. I'll take the apology. Uh, I was thinking about that. I said, should I offer him an escape clause within the first year? That he has to only pay part of it. He can he can buy he can buy out. And he's like, all right, I, I give up. But um, no. yeah, it's just it's just funny seeing this stuff. I, I know we got to go, so I just the oh, we maybe get the we can get back to the AI stuff next week because um, I know people continue to talk about it. I my my you know there's just huge amounts of invest hi, investment hype and it's just constant everything is ai in fact i like i'm almost feel every time i see ai now i'm thinking fuck off right AI. well it's like it's like the <laughs> ai bros you know where you said the crypto bros is now we have the ai bros yeah, you have like ai laser <laughs> a laser beam eyes or something like every ad like every ad every every product oh we've released our new system that that's ai augmented all i want to do like, is chat with something because that's just so fun. <laughs> I want to chat with a PDF. That's yeah, really fun. You know, I mean, it's like there will be lots and lots of ways that the large language models will make th- certain things more efficient. You know, it's like, hey, can I have, can, you know, getting started on a memo or a plan or, you know, just writing some crap you got to write or, or, or summarizing some stuff. I mean, there'll be lots of cool, lots of cool innovations. But it's not like people are like, oh, it's like the wheel. It's like fire. It's electricity. It's like, fuck off. Are you kidding me? Really? <laughs> you really think it's going to be that big of a thing? I was like, come on. I mean, I mean, unless they're just talking about the AI, but this is not AGI. The large language models are not AGI. People are conflating that, I think. And it's like, yeah, yeah if you get right. to AGI, well, sure, but that it isn't AGI, people. That's my opinion anyway. So we can. All right, we'll do that we'll, next. We'll get we'll more to that. We'll get, we'll get. But I, but I, but I wanted to say, in terms of shows, can I just say this one last thing, and then we'll go. Yeah. So we finished watching um, SAS Rogue Heroes. 
Remember that? Remember okay. I've been talking about that? So Colby finally got back, and so we were we went. I was holding off and watching that until Colby got back for the summer. Where is it? Where? I think it's Amazon Prime or something like that. Um, okay. And yeah. it's, it has an IMDb of 8.1. I think it's a good show. Now, the, the, the documentary about these guys, the true story is ridiculous. It's unbelievable what they did. And these crazy characters. The show is good. I give it a B plus. It's not an A. It could have been an A. I just don't think the writing was as strong as it could have been. I thought the characters are a little one-dimensional and stuff. I mean, they, were, they weren't bad. You weren't going to go, Jason, I thought it was fine. But it could have been amazing. But it's not amazing. It's good. It's fun. Well, I'll say, I'll I'll say Silo. Okay, Silo. Silo. Silo's on the list. Silo's on our list. I really, really like okay. Silo. Yeah, it's 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 one of the rare shows that kind of has me on the edge of my seat the whole season, every episode. All right, so that's on. Yeah. All, uh, Sandy had mentioned that she has a whole list that, of things for us to watch this summer. The other uh, and Silo. Silo. I don't know if you'll like Silo because um, I don't know if it's if it's sci-fi enough for you but it is quite sci-fi I don't, yeah i'm interested to hear what you i think, don't actually. i'm not uh i mean i like sci-fi but i like lots of other things beyond sci-fi i mean it is totally sci-fi but it's just it's a sci-fi thing that isn't really so sci-fi it's more steampunk in a way That's fine. you know i know because like yeah they don't have it's not star trekish well i don't even like star trek so you know all right um but the other thing we just watched last night was the tetris movie documentary or movie it was it was more of a movie oh. not a documentary yeah that's good that was fun it's pretty fun that's a solid i mean it's a movie it's two hours it actually was produced by the main characters the guy who wrote tetris and the guy who really uh was licensed and got it out there and the guy's daughter and the and the, one of the guy's daughter so hmm. they were the, it wasn't like times these documentaries or these stories about how things happen and it's just not even really that close to reality and it's sort of like you realize what you saw was just sort of a fiction really i don't get the impression this yeah. i mean given that it was the the people who were involved they're you, you could probably pretty comfortable that is pretty close to reality you know so hmm. but it was fun so i would i would recommend Tetris is a Tetris is a is a is a pretty good time. I would say it's a good time. It's 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 a it's another B plus a minus for that kind. Of, it was good, but it's okay. good. I would recommend. I'd recommend it. So, good deal. Is that it? You got anything else or got a wrap? All right, that's a wrap. We're out. <laughs>